Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Elizabeth Dutton. Zarin Bennett. Got a question for you, my girl. Yes, sir. Do you know what's ridiculous? Yes, I do. You gonna hit a brother with it? Yeah, I am. I hit you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's this uh, restaurant called New York Fries. Okay. That oddly enough is not located in New York. Do they sell fries? Yeah, they. Okay. Do, it's a poutine place. Oh, like the Canadian with yeah, the yeah. It's all over Canada. Cheese curds, is mm-hmm. it? Milk mm-hmm. curds. Okay. Yeah, all over Canada. But then they have all their outside Canada locations are like in uh, UAE and Saudi Arabia and. So Panama. It, it's a brand. New York is a brand in this case. Like it's like I a stamp, so. a theme. A... I guess because I don't know what New York has to do with any of this, but because um, they don't sell poutine. I mean, I guess I'm sure they do somewhere, but New York is not known for not its poutine known for fries. It. Not in the least, yeah. as far as I know. Okay. Uh, the big poutine. Yeah. <laughs> so a rude dude on Instagram, EP. Mm-hmm. What up, EP? Lovely Canadian pointed this out to me. They're having this 12 days of giveaways thing for the holidays. Okay, it's like their lead up to Boxing Day. Yeah, sure. And uh, on, <laughs> on day five, day of, okay, on. on day five, um, they have some prizes up for grabs, and you have to be a Canadian resident. It ended December fifteenth, like, <sighs> whatevs. So you can win a hot dog dad hat. Like it just has a hot dog on it, but I guess it's a dad hat. Oh, it's a dad hat, not a hot dog dad. I like hot dog dad. A hot dog neon sign. Okay. Uh, a New York fries loaded dog of choice. Sure, because they have hot dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Um, and then there's this other item, a hot dog water candle. Wait, what? Is when it a floating EP, candle? When EP sent this to us, yeah. they circled that part in red. <laughs> good, <laughs> like, good, I'm good sorry, call. what? But I went to, uh, I got onto Facebook. You don't have to be a did. Facebook member to look at this thing, but you can see their post for that day. And all the comments have nothing to do with hot. Everyone just like, oh, I love a loaded dog. They just skip past yeah, the whole just like, hot dog. It's a normal thing. Candle. So I was trying to find this. Uh, it's from Bad Candle Company, Hot Dog Water. Uh-huh. And so I thought, okay, where could I get this? Sure, why to not? To light it, just sneak into your house and light it. <laughs> so um, they have them on. It's a company has them on Etsy. Uh-huh. Twenty five bucks, twenty four ninety nine. Wow. The label says hot dog water, but apparently. 
you pick from a drop-down menu, and it has regular scents. So this, it's just the label that says hot dog water. Right. So, like, you can pick clean cotton, sea salt, and orchid. White sage and lavender sold out, Zarin. I'm so sorry. Damn. Apple harvest, which uh-huh. just sounds hellacious. Sorry, bad uh, candle company. And cinnamon vanilla, also hellacious to C- me. Yeah, why run cinnamon and vanilla together? Just, like, pick one. Well, it's like a um, snickerdoodle. Oh, yeah, I guess so. There you so. go. There so you. stop I hadn't it. thought about that. Thanks. <laughs> but so this bad candle company does hot dog water, and it's just the label on the candles. I say, coward. <laughs> Make it into a real disgusting I candle. I want to know about this hot dog candle. Is it supposed to be floating in the bath with me to like create a vibe? Well, it looks like this. Oh, okay. So it's not. I was picturing a hot dog shaped candle <gasps> that floats on top of the bath. <laughs> this is for the folks you know, who like, they uh, have, boil like, the, their hot dogs. Oh, you know like, how they have the roses that you can light and they float. Do you do that? Well, you've seen those, right? I bet you do that, don't I you? I do not. I don't even... Well, okay, maybe once. I was. I just needed a little special me time. It was in college. Yeah. I was experimenting. I had a couple 400 bucks to spend. I dropped it on candles. I backed it <laughs> backed up. up candles. Anyway, you know what, what's else ridiculous? Yes, I would love to know what else is ridiculous. Hollywood. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, that place is wild. I told you I used to work there, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have acted. I, I did TV shows. I was into movies. I did voice work for a cartoon. I made some indie films. I shot music videos. I wrote scripts on spec. I polished scripts for others for money, of course. Basically, you could say I was an art mercenary, right? Like, I would merc anything for a dollar. <laughs> and I, I, do, I loved it. I love Hollywood. And I learned about its ways with money. And I say with full awareness, Hollywood is crazy with money. I mean, just stupid with it, Mm -hmm. right? All the wrong people have the money or they control (laughs) it, right? And if you stay in that town long enough, you'll surprise yourself with what you will do for money. I mean, just ask anyone who hosts a game show. I mean, they did not come down there to host a game show. (laughs) Anyway, these days, people are critical of, like, Nepo babies. You hear a lot of that, right? Yeah, yeah, Nepo babies. Nepo babies, yeah, right? And you make make no mistake, Hollywood is a family business. That's one of its secrets you learn real quick. Oh, yeah. That in the place has a long memory, but a Mm -hmm. quick turnover, which is interesting because you're like, oh, yeah, people come and go, but those who stay, they remember, Yeah. right? Yeah, Now, And they also know each other. You have to keep that in mind, right? Which is ultimately why it's so hard to run a long con or become like a real good scammer in Hollywood. Oh, okay. okay you see I my that. point? Yeah, yeah. But it happens, of course. I mean, of course it happens. O- often. It happens often, right? But usually those, if you want to work as a scammer in Hollywood, you have to milk all the newcomers and all the egotists who just, they don't know any better, but they will pay you to tell them, you still have a chance to make it. Right. Right? Now, I know this all sounds a little dark and a little sad. I'm sorry about that. But Hollywood, it's a sunlit noir town, right? Make no mistake. So, Elizabeth, you ready to talk Hollywood crime? Zarin, yes, I am. We're going to get stupid with it. Yes. Three, two, one, action. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Aye, aye, Captain. Thank you. (laughs) Now, for this story, Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. a few different rude dudes send in this as a suggestion, this first one. Okay. Thank you for that, all of you. Uh, Please keep them coming. We always dig your suggestions. Now, Elizabeth, I'd like you to meet Carl Eric Wrench. Carl Eric Wrench. Wrench, like R-I-N-S-C-H, not like a ratchet, a ratchet wrench. wrench. Yeah, no. Wrench. Now, he's been in the news lately. You may have seen his name because he's been accused of ripping off Netflix. Oh, good for him. Wasting their money on crypto and like oh. on dope rides. Yeah. Is this why they can't pay writers? 
<laughs> Pretty much. This is where the money is going. So the New York Times, they covered this saga recently with a November 22nd story. Ripped from the headlines, Elizabeth. Now, the, the story was entitled, quote, The Strange $55 Million Saga of a Netflix Series You'll Never See. Well, that that's a large category. <laughs> <laughs> For you in particular, yes. Well, yeah, because I don't watch television. But yes. don't they make, like, aren't there tons of shows that get made but never make it to air? Uh, for studios, yes. But the streamers didn't do that as much. This oh. is kind of a big misstep for I them. I stand corrected. Yeah, like they have, the studios have like you know pilot season where they make a bunch of shows, yeah, they yeah. test them. They're willing to put the money into like one episode and try it. Maybe even two. But yeah. uh, with streamers, they made a whole series. Okay. They shot the series, and you're not going to see the series. Wow. Like, that's, that's a lot it. to yeah. lose. Because I know people who are like, yeah, I'm in this TV show, yes. and it might be yeah. made, no, that and happens. I've done a couple episodes, totally. and then it never makes, yeah. Yeah, now that's that's very old traditional Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Now we're into, oh, new dumb money, right? So, <laughs> right. anyway, the writer, John Kerry, he did a fantastic job. Check out the story. He, he tracks all the many twists, turns of jaw-dropping revelations, all right? So, anyway, who is Carl Eric Rinch? I'd love to know. All right, how did he get Netflix to give him 55 million bucks? <laughs> Good question. Great question, Elizabeth. Thank now, you. Did Thank you, you ever for asking. see the Keanu Reeves movie 47 Ronin? Yes. You did? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? Uh, vague memories. I'll just watch anything with Keanu Reeves in it. I know that about you. That's why I, I guess you may have seen this. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it, but golly, it was a while ago. Okay, well, Carl Wrench, he directed it. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, that's okay. what his calling card movie. Okay. It was an astounding bomb at the box office. Yeah. The studio had I was to... alone in the theater. Were you? No, I don't oh. <laughs> I've, I've been to a lot of movies where I was <laughs> alone or with the one person I brought with me, and I have to apologize. I'm like, well, or we're going to be in for a great show. It's just us. So intimate. Anyway, studio had to write off a loss of $175 bucks. Wow. That's what they lost. Yeah, IGN, I went to look for reviews because uh, I saw this, but I didn't see it in a the theater. I saw it like on HBO or whatever. Yeah, I think but that's where I saw it's it. It's not really a fair way to see a movie, in my opinion, if you're going to review it. I mean, you can, but it, you don't get the full effect or what the filmmaker intended. Right. right. So IGN, they saw it in the theaters and they gave it a 6.1 out of 10. Well, that's better than 50%. That would be a D in school. That would be a D. Now, <laughs> in their review of 47 Rowan, an IGN described the film as, quote, a serviceable action movie that fails to either capture the emotional essence of the titular tale or bring anything genuinely fresh, invigorating, or memorable to its rendition, which is pretty much your review. I don't really remember it. I don't it. really remember it. Exactly. Now, after further disparaging the film, the reviewer concludes, and I quote, mildly entertaining and gorgeous to look at, 47 Ronin has little beneath the surface to recommend it. There are a few good fights, though. Well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually how I describe the city of Pittsburgh. Mildly entertaining and gorgeous to look at. <laughs> and some fights. So that's Philadelphia. That's how. <laughs> anyway, so how does a filmmaker with one film to his name, a film that lost its studio $175 million and has reviews like this, mildly yeah. entertaining, gorgeous to look at, how does he convince Netflix to give him a fresh 55 mil? Well, it, here's another question I have for you. I've heard that sometimes studios will make bombs on purpose in order to get that as a write-off, as a loss. Uh, they will write off what they think think is a bomb, but they won't make a bomb make to lose too. money. Yeah, but yeah. if once it's being made, they realize it's going bad, then yeah. they start that process. Okay. So that's why you'll hear like films like uh, the Boondock Saints guy when he, there's a documentary about him where Harvey Weinstein just tanks his movie because he does not personally like him. And he's making the movie for Harvey Weinstein, which is a terrible mistake to turn on the producer of your film. Regardless of Harvey, Harvey. Weinstein is <laughs> a terrible person, I'm just saying it's bad business. This guy comes into Hollywood. He's like, oh, I'm going to be the man, right? And he learns a terrible lesson, which is you do not piss off the one man that controls if your movie goes to theaters. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he was willing to tank it because he can write it off as a loss. So they uh, always have that option. Okay. 
right? And that's what, why you see it currently being done. But that guy for Warner Brothers and is an idiot. Like, uh, I'm yeah, not going to get yeah. into this as well. But okay. anyway, the answer is, Elizabeth, market dynamics, baby. Market dynamics. That's why. <laughs> see, I put it in, you know, market speak. <laughs> so you know all about supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in 2018, the streamers, they tried to meet this growing demand for new films and series. So what do they do? They go, oh, we don't know what's good. So let's just throw insane amounts of money at things. Right. I don't know. I guess that money was the answer. Money makes it better. Yeah, right. So Carl Wrench, he had a series to pitch at this time. Perfectly timed for him. The streamers were eager to take a meeting. His project is this sci-fi series about artificial humans that will eventually turn on their human creators. Everybody loves that. Takes a whirlwind series of meetings. He goes over to Jeff Bezos' company because Amazon is getting into mm-hmm. it with the Amazon Prime stuff. They they offer him an eight-figure agreement to bring the series to Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Netflix wow. hears about this. And they're like, uh-uh, baby. Before Wrench could put pen to paper on the Amazon deal, Netflix backed up the money truck and offered the filmmaker even more cash. So he gets an eight-figure offer, and now they call him at home on a Sunday. And Netflix not only offered him money, they offered him control, which is oh, what every yeah, filmmaker yeah, wants, yeah. right? So they offer the filmmaker creative control, which means he gets final cut. He, you know, that's huge. Like mm-hmm. you have to be like, you know, like James Cameron to get final cut. Anyway, Netflix puts in writing that he would also be attached to any future spin-offs or reboots. Oh. He's locked into the series. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he's like Stan Lee on this world or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the final deal, $55 million they offer him. That big paycheck. It made business headlines, but it also apparently made business sense at the time because Netflix prayed in that capitalist way that their new show would spawn a whole creative universe. They're right. like, this is an initial investment. Yeah. This idea's got legs, right? So now, armed with this unheard level of control, the promise of future involvement, a huge payday, what does Carl Wrench do? Uh... Does not make the show? He opted to never finish a single episode. Instead, just pocket the money. Oh, my God. So according to many of those who cared for him or were close to him, as soon as he signed the deal with Netflix, like a, it was like a switch was hit. He just just changed immediately. Just whoosh, And whatever occurred inside of him, he was a new Carl Wrench, multimillionaire. So... It's not like he started big-timing people. I don't mean that. He, I mean, he did do that. But, yeah. but what I mean is more like he became untethered from reality, uh-huh. right? So, for instance, he began to tell people that he could predict when and where lightning strikes would occur. Wait. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, also he discovered that uh, how COVID-19 was being transmitted via a secret conduit of nature. Oh, it wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> he also, <laughs> he grew extremely, like, a really overconfident about his ability to discern patterns in the stock market. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he took a bunch of Netflix's money and he dropped it in onto the Dow Jones and the Nasdaq and so forth. And uh, you know, then he also he bought a bunch of crypto uh, because you know, that's another good bet. <laughs> he bought bought himself a Rolls Royce because now he needs to roll around town looking like you know clean. He bought himself a new wardrobe. Same reason. He became that guy in Hollywood, like the old film producer. Yeah, right? it sounds like almost like it that that money payday triggered a mild psychosis. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's like something just. Either he'd always wanted this and finally now he just released, you know, I always talk about like pulling back the bowstring on a bow, right? And having mm. that arrow, just all that tension, all of a sudden the money released it. That arrow is flying. Yeah. So now yeah, wherever yeah. it's going, it's where it's going, you right. know? Anyway, so he's got all the trappings, all the taste of outside success with none of the work. Yeah, ta-da! Of that right? sounds great. He found the secret, Elizabeth. They <laughs> talked about the secret. This is That's the secret. The secret. <laughs> now, anyway, but of course, the there eventually would come court proceedings. So he didn't really find the secret, but whatever. If you can believe it, Carl Wrench, he took Netflix 
to court. He's the one. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's right. He's suing them right sue now. Sue me, sue you. Yeah. So what's his reason? How could he possibly? He says they didn't give him enough money. <gasps> <laughs> that's why he didn't make it. He claims that Netflix needs to give him another $14 million. In order to finish this. Hey, man, I don't know. Anyway, he says <laughs> they're contractually obligated. That's what he's saying. Okay. So obviously Netflix's legal response was, ha, 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 are you effing high? <laughs> like, how do we owe you money? Are you for real right now? Along those, but in legal terms. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. know how you put that in no, legal terms. I think the, it was like party the... of the first part, are you effing high, party of the second part, something like that. <laughs> anyway, how did we get here? How, does, how did this dude end up being the one suing Netflix? How yeah. did he have such... Brass ones. I am desperate to know. It's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> now, there's another key component of Hollywood we haven't discussed yet. It's a big part of the machine's function. We call it hype. The Yeah, yes. that you can convince people that things are amazing. Town and, practically runs on it. Yeah, emperor clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, walking around nude going, look at me, baby. <laughs> now, some folks, they learn how to manipulate hype to their benefit. That brings us to Mr. Wrench. That was yes. his real secret. So before we dive into his backstory, let's take a little break. Now that I've wet your whistle. Oh, and yes, you have. We'll get back and see how these millions get spent. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60 day money back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. 
right, Elizabeth. Yes, sir. We're back. Mm-hmm. You ready for some backstory? Mm-hmm. Keep, I'm keeping it all film-like, you know? <laughs> We're know the backstory. Now, okay, let's see if we can ferret... This fer- is the prequel. Yeah, exactly. Let's see if we can fer- ferret out some answers to this man's audacity. Yes, right? There's got to be some reason he's doing it. It can't just be purely psychosis. Or what is driving the psychosis? What is here? Right. Anyway, Carl Wrench, born in sunny San Fernando Valley. Just over the hill from Hollywood. Oh, so he's for those a native son. Exactly. He's like Tim Burton. He's like looking over the hill this whole time, dreaming about one day. Yes. Anyway, in his teens, he shot little films, once again, like Tim Burton or Spielberg, another one. He went off to uh, one of the Ivies for college. He went to Brown University. After school, flies back to LA, starts his film career. Everything so far going apace. He gets a job working for Ridley Scott. Wow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he go, he gets to work for his production company, but the one that mostly shoots commercials. Okay. A lot of the film, most film directors, they have a production company that shoots commercials, and that's a great way to get your start, yeah. young film people, working <laughs> for those people shooting their commercials. They have to make money. So I that's watched how they... uh, some true crime documentary that I can't recall recently, because, you know, my memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember it was produced by Ridley Scott. No, oh, he does a lot. Me. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's, like I'm saying, the filmmakers do way more than just the stuff you see. They have to now. I mean, it's become a, an urgent need. Yeah. But for the longest time, like all of them, Steven so they all like shoot commercials on the side or have a production company that handles stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway. So point being, around this time, folks note that Carl Wrench, uh, he had an interesting past that he would describe. He always kept it in mysterious uh, terms, right? He said that his father had been a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he grew up in Africa. Uh, this gave him a certain international <laughs> air, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2010, he shoots his own film. Finally, you know, things start to work for him. It's a commercial, though, for the company Philips, the European yeah. company, right? So the short, it's it's a short film, it, but it's an ad. Anyway, it wins an award at Cannes, but not the uh, the Cannes Film Festival, the Cannes Advertising Festival. Oh, okay. But he wins, right? Yeah. So this paves his way into a Hollywood director seat. Boom, boom, boom. First project, he picks 47 Ronin. <laughs> Film, <laughs> yeah, looked great, but it had no heart, no center. We've covered that, right? Mm-hmm. One of the producers, Scott Stuber, he battled this first-time director and tried to like, bring him to heel. And at some point, Wrench, the, he gets barred from the editing bay. Like, he loses control of his film. Yeah, the so film, oh, pre- wow. it premiered on Christmas Day in 2013. And as we covered, colossal failure, loses $175 million. Smash cut, five years later. Well, and Christmas Day is like an important oh, yeah. opening. Like, you, you expect. Be- you know, that's a film that they believe in. Yes, but, they're yeah. putting a big marketing they're budget behind you. They're not hiding it in like August. No, yeah. exactly. Good call. Thank you. Now, smash cut, five years later. After making commercials for a few years, Wrench now finds himself back in the good graces of Hollywood. He's worked his way back to, he makes really pretty pictures. You know, maybe he can direct. Anyway, but not the film. Film studios, because remember, like I said, long memory. Uh-huh. It's now the new streamers, and they're looking for stuff. His stuff looks good. They're like, this is guy's great. Well, they're like tech disruptors. Exactly. Where they're going to try and do it. They think they're going to do it in a better way that's already been proven to. Yeah. And they love a shiny thing that moves uh-huh. fast. So the wrench at this point, he's married. He's got an Uruguayan fashion designer model, Gabriella. Now together they came up with this new idea for the series. Mm. So she's his creative partner. The story focused on the uh, new species called quote organic intelligent. Okay. So this is OI, right? So they <laughs> oh. originally they're the OI are designed to respond compassionately and efficiently to humanitarian crises, disasters, human needs of all kinds. The new species, of course, eventually turns on us and, sure. it, you know, and they try to wipe out humanity. Yeah. And, the re- of course, the idea being that we cause all the problems that OI must fix. Right, right. So the solution's obvious. Fix the problem at the source. So, 
Anyway, you can hear the sci-fi potential. It's like Battlestar Galactica meets iRobot. Okay. All right. So potential buyers, they could see that for themselves. They're like, oh, dollar signs. I Boom. I love this. Now, Wrench, he ends up, he pays for a small shoot to make sure that they can really see the potential. Not just hear the idea and, and imagine the potential, but see it you know, moving and look slick and sexy. Yeah. He hires European actors and actresses. They shoot footage in far-flung places. Kenya, Romania. The shoots, they were punishing. One actor allegedly caught hypothermia and had to be hospitalized. He runs a rough set, from what I understand. So despite the difficulties, setbacks, wrench, he believes in his projects. He seeks help. He turns over to 30 West. That's a production company that's run by a billionaire. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, billionaire's name's Dan Freakin. Money gets advanced. Project goes on. And then Wrench, he misses a deadline. He misses another deadline. (laughs) Freakin and his company, 30 West, are like, it's our project now. Uh And they start start trying to, like, you know, claim to it. They threaten that we're going to seize the project, take it over, you know, the bond company or whatever. All the stuff you hear. So Wrench, he turns to an old friend for help. Enter Keanu Reeves. (gasps) Keanu. Man is, like, a living, like, Labrador retriever. He, you know what I mean? He's he just so a, good. He's a very good friend of mine. Yes. And I say that because if you say things enough, it manifests. Totally. So one day I will be good friends with Keanu Reeves. There you go. It's going to make it happen. It's going to happen. So your close personal friend, Keanu Reeves, as you know, sweetheart, he comes on board as a producer, invests in his friend's project. Things start looking good again. He helps him make his deadlines. He now picks up the money gaps. Everything works resuming. Six shorts are produced. They're all like four to ten minutes long so you can get an idea. This is what he takes to Amazon and Netflix and Apple TV. Like a a sizzle reel? Is that what that is? uh, No, it's a little smaller. But this would be like basically you're, you're showing them the potential and you want to show that you're really invested so yeah. you, you've created kind of like a, a, a spec project. Yeah, just a little peek at Exactly. It. So this I is what he I just love used. the word, this phrase, sizzle, sizzle reel. reel. Yeah. That just kills me. <laughs> Those are a little shorter, a couple minutes long. Yeah. They show you that. Anyway, so he starts a bidding war. They're all excited. The project looks amazing. Like I said, everybody, big money. Netflix wins the bidding war. They immediately rename the project Conquest. <laughs> Oh. Whatever. This is now, at this point, we're in November 2018. What this, was it originally named? Uh, he, he didn't really have a name for it. He, he talks about the organic intelligence. Okay. Right? And he had like, uh, he wanted it to be something other than conquest. That sounds like a 60s, 70s television show, one hour procedural. Yeah. No, I only liked it when the Jack White did it as a song. Like, that's, yeah. I think, the only well, yeah, time. yeah, definitely. But anyway, the streamer planned to debut the new series 2022. He's got... Basically, three years to make it because it's November 2018 at this point. Mm-hmm. They want to release it in 2022. Plenty of time to make yeah, a whole tons. series. Meanwhile, working at Netflix is Wrench's old producer, Scott Stuber. Uh-oh. Yeah, right? He's in the movie division at Netflix, though, not the TV oh, series division. Okay. So no one asked him what he thought of the deal. He didn't hear about it. Of course, his opinion probably would have saved them a lot of money. Right. So... The streamers, they don't benefit from Hollywood's long memory. Instead, the project gets greenlit. Netflix wired, rinsed the money to get started. And uh, the project, now known as Conquest, it starts shooting in Brazil. Not only that, it has multiple international locales. So you got people far flung. There's shoots in Budapest, Hungary, locations in Uruguay. I guess so she can see her family. I don't know. <laughs> as the shoot goes, Netflix starts to hear complaints accusations some back chatter right the filmmaker wrench is apparently he's angered the unions the union reps report to that wrench has been quote mistreating the team and that he has been quick with the cursing and shouts and other expressions of excessive irritation so netflix they contact wrench they're like hey man calm down the unions we don't need this tranquilo yeah exactly right so meanwhile back on set wrench is spiraling at this point now in budapest he accuses his wife of hiring assassins to have him killed 
Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Things are going bad, right? So Netflix has no idea. But anyway, in response, he starts gobbling up Viance or Viance, the pills. They It's a type of uh, prescribed amphetamine. Huh. Yeah. So the side effects of this drug are mania, delirium, uh, psychosis. Oh, it's just a winner drug, you know? Yeah. Just So it's like throwing fire on top of a already blazing fire. Yeah. Not just gas. And then, like, you throw some gasoline in just because you want to see the two oh really get God. along. Oh so so now that he's, like, you know, claiming his wife's trying to have assassins kill him. She reaches out to family, friends, people who care about him. They decide, let's stage an intervention. Good. You know, good for them, right? It's needed sometimes. Oh, I've had to be there. And now, despite his allegations that she's trying to have him assassinated, wife lovingly does this, right? She invites Keanu Reeves to come and talk to his old friend. He shows up. Like I said, good guy. Now, they together, they all convince Wrench. He needs to go to rehab. He needs to accept help, right? He needs Mm -hmm. to get his life back together while he has this project going. He says, you know what, guys? I got too much work right now to do all that, all that rehab you're talking about. But how about this? I will hire a sober companion, and I will just have like a one-man rehab move around with oh, me and they'll keep me this is like what judge john belushi did yeah, at, yeah. at the end he actually had a i think it was joe walsh from the eagles as his sober companion oh my god <laughs> anyway it's like the last person <laughs> so, so this is about the guy's supposed to keep him on the right path right so mm-hmm. a few days later he fires a sober companion he's like i can't hang with this guy he won't let me get high you know or whatever <laughs> i don't know what he said now a few months later COVID hits so now his production gets shut down for a moment. They take a pause. He try to figure out how they're going to move on. Eventually, the productions get back to work with masks and regulations and so forth. He's still finishing this series on a 2022 deadline. Nothing has changed about that. Netflix is like, we gave you the money. but Give us a show. Yeah. So at this point, Netflix has sunk $44 million into the series. They've they've left out a little bit you know, for finishing funds or for the back half. I don't know what right. the, the payment schedule was. Anyway, Rint also at this point has blown numerous deadlines. Once again, he's back on, you know, hey, what's the deadline? So what is do you, what do you think Netflix says when Rinch comes to them and says, I need more money? This is not him now later suing, but in the process, in the he moment, goes, hey, I need more money. They, they say, yes? well, can we see a script? Like, well, what what are we dealing with? They yeah. don't even know what he's shooting. So the series, which they had originally agreed to, was planned to be 13 episodes long. So now Rinch wants to make it twice as long. So with a second season. So Netflix is like, yeah, okay, sure. We'll, we'll we send you more money. We know how about second season. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, in this case, they actually go for it. They're like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we like it. Second season. So they send them more money. And I mean like a lot more money. They send them $11 million. Wow. They wire him the cash. What does he do with it? He needed this money. He, he pulls it out of the escrow account and he invested in crypto in the stock market. Oh, my God. He drops $10.5 of the $11 million into his Charles Schwab account uh-huh. and he decides to play the options market because that's always a oh, safe no. bet. Oh, no. <laughs> he places a bunch of risky bets. For instance, he buys shares of uh, Gilead Sciences. Uh-huh. Well, that was not bad. Not a good, yeah, good call, right? But he's convinced they're about to make a bundle on a new antiviral COVID drug, but others yeah. beat them to market. So yeah. he lost mm-hmm. a bunch. He also bet on Standard & Poor's Index, the S&P. P500. Yeah. A few weeks later, he'd lost 5.9 million of the 11 million. At this point, he also loses his wife. So she's like, look, I've had it up to here. I tried the intervention. Now you get the money. We get the project going. What do you do? You buy. And so he sat through an intervention. Oh, yeah. Totally. Wow. Yeah. So You've been to one. Yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been to one. Yeah. yeah. Not fun. No. no. In June of 2020, 
wife and rent. They try to make like a last ditch. Can we pull the like marriage and this project we've worked so hard? To, can we get them all back on road? They take a drive through the Hollywood Hills. They're up there like on Mulholland. And he's gazing down at the city below. And, the, and then he looks up at the planes above. And he tells his wife that those are not planes. Those are UFOs. And they're actually, quote, organic intelligent forces. And they he's communicating with them. And she's like, oh, Oh, he's great. still popping them pills. Yeah. So around the same time, he texts his wife. and shares a little secret. This is when he tells her. Like, like while he's driving. Yeah, he's him. like, hey, baby, you know I can predict uh, lightning strikes. You just want to be careful coming up, right? And he's also, I, I now can predict volcanoes. Oh. So he's moving on. Yeah, he's got you know volcanology under his huh. belt and so in july his wife's like okay i want a divorce you not, this yeah, is it we're out yeah. not only that she informs netflix that her husband is unhinged because he's her business partner you know, they're in she's in on this right, right? she's right. like he's unbalanced he's unlikely to finish the production netflix execs are like huh uh we had noticed some strange behavior. Oh now, God. when I say strange behavior, they had received emails where he's like, quote, the coronavirus signal is emanating from within the earth. And they're like, yeah, that is kind of some strange behavior. But you know how creatives are. Oh, God. So, yeah. And uh, things get better, if you will, or worse, however you want to look at it for Netflix, because you might think this would spell the beginning of the end of this project at Netflix. One would think they were going to put this into turnaround. Like mm-hmm. They're going to put a pause on it. Mm-hmm. You would be wrong. Why? Because of the high turnover. Remember I mentioned earlier? Yeah. Well, Netflix reshuffled its executives, and they got rid of the executive who who'd brought the project in, and they and the one who'd sent them all the money. They She leaves Netflix. Yeah. So at this point, the new executive, who's now in charge of Kong Quest, <laughs> I'm like, can we see the footage? Because, like, I, I'm now in charge. Yeah. And his wife's like, oh, yeah, he's got the footage, and if I ask him for that, he may do things you don't, like, he may come down to your office. I mean, you don't want that, right? And they're like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's fully paranoid, delusional. They're like, oh, Okay, well, that's cool. Then, uh, so Netflix takes the other route. They inform the production that they're going to need their money back. So they're like, can we get our 55 mil back? And so at this point, it's now March 2021. And things have changed for the streaming wars. The subscribers at this point, the numbers have stalled. In some cases, it's starting to go down. As New York Times reported, Netflix came to the conclusion, quote, after a lot of time and effort, it became clear that Mr. Wrench was never going to complete the project he'd agreed to make. And so we wrote the project off. They went the route of, you're now a tax write-off, Yeah, yeah. So the streamer informed Gabriella and thus Wrench that they were free to shop the project around. Oh, really? Yeah. And if they can find a new buyer, the new acquirer will have to give us $55 million. Right, right. Oh, so that man. did not sit well with Carl Rinch. So he sends back a flurry of hotly worded emails. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, he addressed the elephant in the room, his sanity. And he wrote to Netflix, to state it simply, I am of sound mind and body. At the point you're telling people that just, in an email. I was just going to say that. <laughs> if you have to try and argue the fact that, you know, you got it together. And you're not doing it in person. You're doing it in email. In email. That's like 10 times worse. Oh, God. Anyway, so to his credit, he was looking crazy, but crazy like a fox. You see, while he lost a ton in the stock market, he also made a huge windfall on his crypto bet. Oh. Yeah, because he'd purchased a bunch of Dogecoin. And he invested $4 million into Dogecoin. But it turned out, I guess this is when Elon was helping to pump and dump it. Right, because he sold right. off his holdings, his $4 million had bloomed into $27 million. Wow. Now he's on the come up. So did he pull it out? He, oh, yeah, he pulled it out. Him, and he yeah. wrote in some crypto forum I found. He's like, thank you, and God bless crypto. Oh, right? God. So at this point, he could have paid Netflix at least half of their money back. So what does he do, Elizabeth? He, remember, he's getting divorced, right? So what does he do? Oh, he pays nothing to anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so his soon-to-be ex-wife, Gabriella, she hired a forensic accountant who unearthed the whole trail of where all the money went because it wasn't like he was hiding it well. Right. So according to the New York Times, Rinch purchase, quote, five Rolls Royces, a Ferrari, a $387,630 Vacheron Constantine watch, and millions of dollars worth of high-end furniture and designer clothing. 
Wow. Final sum, $8.7 million. <sighs> to his wife's lawyers, he claimed that the money was not his. And that this, the cars, the wardrobe, even the watch, the furniture, they were all props for conquest. And thus, they belonged to Netflix. <gasps> and they could not be part of any divorce agreement. Well, then the Netflix is like... Can we have it back? Exactly. Meanwhile, in his arbitration with Netflix's lawyers, he argued that the money is his and that not only that, Netflix is contractually obligated to owe him 14 more million dollars. Oh so Netflix's lawyers held the position. We disagree. And at this point, the parties are <laughs> they're still in court. So in July of this year, Netflix's lawyers argued that any monies promised to wrench were contingent on his meeting production schedule deadlines, which he's the, thus far blown or ignored. Uh-huh. Personally, I'm betting on Netflix to win this one. What do you think, Elizabeth? I would I would second that. Now, since uh, we don't have closure on this story, I thought I'd share another tale of a con artist who tried to finesse Netflix for millions. Only this next cat, he pretended he was in business with Netflix so he could convince investors that he had their oh, backing. I now, see, yeah. how do you think that played out? Not good, Bob. I'll, I'll give you a hint. He's on this show. <laughs> so let's take a little break and we'll be right back. And I'll tell you the story of Adam Joyner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. All right, Elizabeth. Yes, Darren. We're back. Yes. Elizabeth, I'd like you to meet my friend and neighbor, Adam Joyner. Hi, Adam. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know him. I covered this guy's story as a journalist, and maybe you heard me talking about Probably. him in the past. I went to court, and I sat there as he had to face justice. Yeah. I got to watch his moments, right? Yeah, And yeah, having yeah. seen his old vibe in person, I'm super surprised that he thought he could pull this off. Like, <laughs> just, I'm just saying that, right? Anyway, Adam Joyner, dude's 38 to 41 throughout this, right? So anyway, late 30s, early 40s. Okay. So he was your typical Hollywood hopeful, right? He came to town with an idea for a film, and he firmly believed he just needed to find a Few investors, a Hollywood insider, someone who'd give him a chance, someone who could shepherd his film through the production process, and then boom, 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 he'd be the newest Hollywood hit filmmaker, right? The success story. Now, Adam Joyner is from my neck of the woods. 
He went to Oakmont High School in Roseville, California, graduated in 1996. He started out life not far from my hometown of Davis. Reading about this cat, he reminded me of dudes I grew up with. I felt like, I know this guy, right? So anyway, Adam Joyner has this idea for a film. Oh, actually, no, that's not right. It was his brother's idea. His brother had an idea for a film. And his brother wrote up a feature script for this story he called Legends. And according to IMDb, the would-be film was going to be an anachronistic mashup of legendary and historical figures from 19th century America, such as Davy Crockett, Calamity Jane, Paul Bunyan, and John Henry. Yeah, it's a lot, right? Do with that what you will. But as far as ideas go, (laughs) it's kind of cute. You know, and as an elevator pitch, it leaves you wondering, well, what would that even look like? What would that be? Which is what you want from a good pitch. It makes, and it kind of sounds like a film. Anyway. Yeah. So September 4th, 2014, Adam Joyner incorporates a production company, Dark Planet Pictures, and then he goes looking for money. One year later, he gets lucky. He meets a man who takes him seriously. And this man's name is John Yee. Now, John Yee is, he works for, uh, for a Korean investment firm. He was curious about this film project. And he's like, this sounds like this could go. It's got legs. And Joyner's like, oh, yeah, totally, man. So this is because Joyner is lying to him, right? And he's <laughs> telling him he has a distribution gr- agreement with Netflix. And he's just looking for investors. It's oh. not that the guy's sparking to his idea. He's sparking to the conditions of yes, his idea. Yes, Now, Yee is intrigued. And he approaches an investment guy he knows, Paul Ho, and uh, his buddy Paul works at Korea Investment Partners Company, or KIP, and uh, they're who ends up investing in this project, Mm and projects like this. I've worked with Korean investors like this. So Paul Ho, he's located in Korea. Joyner is in California. They primarily talk over emails, a few phone calls. Mm -hmm. September 9th, 2016, Joyner emails Paul, and he informs him, quote, Things have begun to pick up steam with Netflix as a potential investor in the film. I have another meeting with them this week. Now that sets the hook. Three days later, he emails him again. He gives a little yank on the line. He writes to Paul on Netflix, had another good meeting with them yesterday and expect to receive a contract from them by the end of the week. So none of this is true. Yeah, now, okay. that, or even remotely likely to come true. Okay. It was what we in the story industry call a lie. Now, uh, <laughs> what I've been in this position, like I, not the lying part, but I've been in business with Korean investors. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, the company that I helped start, we merged with a Korean company. I know these investors very well. A lot of paperwork and due diligence is done. They're yeah. not fly by the night. Right. At least that was the case for us. Now, we uh, we had distribution deals in place, so we had to show them this. We had to email. We did exactly what he f- pretends to do. Uh-huh. Now, in terms of independent, non-student, Studio-backed Hollywood distribution deals go. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. It often plays out like this. A production company will secure a distribution deal with domestic or possibly foreign distributors mm-hmm. before a single frame has been shot, before actors have been cast, anything. Yeah. And then the company will, they take this guaranteed distribution agreement around to like groups of dentists or whatever, and they raise money. And mm-hmm. then they're willing to kick in on this high-risk investment and then... Once you get the movie going, the studios will then come along and purchase that. That's how an indie film gets picked up. So you make the movie up with other people's money and then the studio basically recoups and now the investors get that first bit and then they also get will get money if it, you know, goes to theaters. So it's good for them, but not all movies get picked up. So they're betting on you can get it through the process. Yeah. So it wasn't unusual for Joyner to be doing business the way he's doing it, right? The Korean investors were like, sure, okay, so show us the deal. If Mm -hmm. you have a deal, he did not have a deal. (laughs) Now, but he hoped his lies would eventually catch up to reality. That was, I think, his goal. Now, the Korean investors, they were going to wire him millions of dollars for a production. So they asked for confirmation of the deal with Netflix. And Paul wrote to Joyner, per our conversation, please ask someone at Netflix to fax it again tomorrow and also send it to the Gmail's account below from Netflix domain email. Yeah, right? Very yeah. clear. At this point, Joyner's so close to the money, he mm-hmm. can practically smell it. So he just needs to send over one email. And 
So he does. April 7, 2016, a fax arrives in Korea. The cover letter says that it serves to, quote, confirm an agreement between Netflix, Inc. and Dark Planet Pictures, LLC, executed on March 31st, 2016. The fax is signed by a man with the title of Vice President, Business and Legal Affairs, Content Acquisition for Netflix. Okay. Right? And to further seal the deal, Joyner forwards an email from this same Netflix executive. The email arrives sent from a Netflix email domain. In the forwarded email is the distribution agreement, and it's signed by a third Netflix executive billed as the chief content officer. It all looks legit. Right. Not that hard to fake, though. I can just tell you that right now. So to fully set the hook, Joyner forwards an email from a second Netflix executive, also from a Netflix domain account, obviously. And the exec says, looking forward to making this movie. Wait, so he's forwarding. They're not direct. Exactly. He's forwarding emails. So due to the opaque nature of business in Hollywood, uh, Paul and his Korean investment firms, they can't really confirm who these Netflix are and who would be involved, who would be in charge. So they're relying on these forwarded email chains for veracity and also the faxes and the signed distribution. I mean, it looks pretty good on paper when there's a bunch of them together. In conglomerate, it looks legitimate. Day of deliberation later, the Korean investment firm signs an investment deal with Joyner. The investment is $8 million. A week later, the first half of the investment is wired to Joyner's bank account. He's now got $4 million in his Bank of America account. And nothing to show for it. No. And he's done it. He's conned his way into millions of dollars. He's got four (laughs) more on the backside coming in eventually. Keep in mind, this is a married man, a father of three girls. And the crimes he's engaging in, wire fraud, uh, you know, false you know, accounting, so forth, is a maximum sentence of 20 years behind bars in federal prison he's setting himself up for. Oh, God. At this moment, though, he's not thinking about any of that. No. Because he's got $4 million of other people's money, Elizabeth. <laughs> April 15th, ironically, 2016, a.k.a. tax day, uh, Joyner takes a trip down to the bank and he withdraws $800,000. And he transfers it to a little joint account he and his wife share. Oh, cute. It's not make a, a, make a nice trail there, dude. Exactly. Not a business account either. So now that he's tasted success from his con job, Joyner wants more. He goes back. He double dips. He approaches a second set of foreign investors, this time Chinese investors. Could the scam work twice, Elizabeth? Oh, man. You better believe it did, <laughs> oh, baby. Man. He contacts Star Century Pictures Company Limited which is an affiliate of PGA Young Park Capital Limited, and which is in itself an investment firm in the People's Republic of China. Uh So using the same fraudulent paperwork he used to scam the Korean investors, Joyner's able to peel an additional $6 million out of his new Chinese investors. Wow. He now has $10 million of other people's money parked in his bank accounts with $4 million to come. Adam Joyner has done it, and now he feels like an official Hollywood play it, baby. So he starts to live like it. Elizabeth, you just conned foreign investors out of $10 million. What would you do with it? Mm, hide it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Swiss bank account. I'd, I'd disappear. They're going to come and get you. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's the summer of 2016 at this point, so there's plenty of stuff to buy, plenty of stuff to enjoy. Very pre-COVID. Everybody's like out. So what does Joyner spend his loot on? How does he get loose with it? Well, rather than tell you about it, Elizabeth, oh. I'd like you to close your eyes. My eyes are closed. And picture it. Elizabeth, you are a Southern California realtor, one who sells homes in the Manhattan Beach area. Mm. It's a Saturday, one of your busiest days of the week. You're at your third home tour of the day. At the moment, you're standing on the second floor deck. The gentle ocean breeze thrills against your cheek as the seabirds sound in the distance. The married couple on the second floor patio with you, they whisper between themselves. After you hear their whispers fall silent, you gracefully turn and you ask the pair, Mr. and Mrs. Joyner, can you imagine stepping out onto this patio, filling your lungs with that ocean air and enjoying the fruits of all of your hard work? 
The husband looks at his wife. His smile is wide, proud. He replies, I sure can. <laughs> now, the house is one of your long daddies. You're hoping to move soon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Manhattan Beach dream home is 4,265 square feet. Dang. It boasts five bedrooms and five baths. The price tag for this beauty? $5.35 million. Pictures don't do the place justice. Also, the all white on white with touches of slate and gray, that decor, that wasn't your idea. <laughs> but anyway, that said, here are a few pics so you could describe what you're looking at in realtor terms. Like, could you sell me on this, Elizabeth? Oh, sure. Uh, well, I happen to have the description of the dream home from Zillow. Oh, perfect. You know I love Zillow. Inside this California dream beach house, You discover that the ground floor features a large family room, secluded bathroom suite, mudroom, and three-car garage. The second level showcases a striking vaulted beam ceiling, great room with fireplace, private office, gourmet kitchen with top-of-the-line appliances, dining nook, walk-in butler's pantry, cozy den with fireplace, and a barbecue deck. Okay, you got my attention. I'm listening. But like the joiners, I'm still on the fence. Make me want to wire my money. Okay. Located in the heart of old Manhattan, the hidden gem of the sand section, this peaceful enclave is the only area of MB that offers tree-lined streets with sidewalks and parking on both sides of the street. The ideal northwest corner lot location allows for abundant full-day natural light, panoramic hill section views, and a beautiful bank of lush landscaping along the eastern side yard. Ah, yes, talk that talk. You know what I I think really the key is? If you're paying 5.5 mil, you want trees on both sides of the street. Oh, God, yes. I mean, come on now, right? Come on. Okay, well, here's what the houses look like in full living color. Mm -hmm. Feast your eyes on that. Oh, wow. From the outside, it just looks like a steamship, like a a paddle boat steamer on the... (laughs) Totally. And then, uh, those are bushes. Those aren't trees no, on that side. Exactly. Oh, it's just like white anemic. On, white on, it looks like uh, Tyler Perry designed this place. I would like to see a cluttered home. For, like, rich people. You know, he's like, here, I think this is what uh, rich people like. That's not good, dude. No, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, as the tour of the dream beach home nears its end, you take a read of the couple. You can't tell if they're into it or not. Back downstairs, you point out the ground-level patio and casually compliment the prospective buyer. You say with a smile in your voice, You seem like the kind of husband who'd really appreciate having your own barbecue deck. Mrs. Joyner shares a look with her husband. They both smile, a conspiratorial grin. Seems you hit your mark. To seal the deal, you say, And Mrs. Joyner, if I'm guessing right, I'm betting you may want to keep some of the all-white furniture. She nods enthusiastically. Sure looks like you've made your sale, Elizabeth. So you go for broke, and you say, If you guys want to make it official, like right now with an offer... I happen to have a bottle of champagne in the fridge and some champagne flutes. Shall I do the honors? After you call your office with their offer on the Dream Beach House, you all cheers. I hate myself. (laughs) Well, you did it, Elizabeth. (laughs) We did it. You just helped the joiners spend their ill-gotten gains. They got two kids. They're going to keep the all-white interior. Three Three. girls. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Luckily, not three boys. So, anyway. To purchase, I mean, girls can be messy too. Girls Don't get me wrong, too. but for everybody, I'm not a parent. But from everything I hear, if you have three boys, good well, luck with your home. Well, and if one of them is a toddler, oh yeah, forget definitely. about it. Oh yeah, no, forget about it. Freak yeah. sure. I mean, I don't mean to be like you know. Uh, undercutting the kind of messes girls can I can, can be make. just as messy as a man. You are right. More so. Yes, <laughs> even more so. <laughs> now, uh, three weeks after all of this, he was wired $6 million from his Chinese investors, Star Century. So mm-hmm. Joyner pulled that money back out immediately, and he transferred 160500 to his California investor escrow company. Then that was a deposit on the home he just bought from you. Wow. Wait, what was him. his deposit? 160000 
That was like his just, oh, his, just little, his uh, like, I see. It's hold the, this. This is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it wasn't a down that? payment. It's I like can't a, what it's called. Yeah. Honestly, and I don't care what it's called. <laughs> what I don't get is it sure seems like even though he's now fully blowing his wad of other people's money on <laughs> yes. a home for his family, it seems like Adam Joyner still planned to make his movie Legends because oh, he's starting kidding? to reach out some real hitters. Like enter the true Hollywood players, Elizabeth. Uh-oh. Yeah, this cat. Uh, Can well, Oh, no, he's already circling. No, <laughs> not in this story. The, the cat that Joyner approached to make his dreams comes true is this dude named Don Murphy. Now, if you're deep into film history, you know Don Murphy, but unlikely for most other people, I'll just explain it. Joyner plans to pay Don Murphy to shepherd his film forward and make the necessary connections and introductions to Hollywood heavyweights, right? So Don Murphy is one of those like, like gruff old school producer types, right? The kind of used to like stink of cigars and he'd, pr- he'd produce natural born killers for Oliver oh, Stone, right? Okay. In fact, he'd taken the script from a young Quentin Tarantino who was trying to break into Hollywood at this point and he convinced Oliver Stone to come aboard and to direct it. So he gets he gets him, he does, he makes wow. it much to Tarantino's dismay and because he yeah. lost control and that's where he started being like, I'm going to lock down everything. Uh-huh. Anyway, Don Murphy later went on to produce movies for Michael Bay. He's that kind of guy. Oh, okay. So, so Adam Joyner yeah. contacts Don Murphy. He's like, I want to blow stuff up you know like (laughs) i got money what do we do and he's like so he asked them do for me what you did for tarantino and he's like no don murphy's like sure kid but it'll cost you a million (laughs) dollars specifically he said 1.2 million dollars okay very precise no i act like he's some cigar chomping 70 year old this dude is a gen x producer he was like born in 1967 so yeah so joiner's stoked they're close enough in age that they get each other so he sends an update to his investors he tells paul that he quote was expecting to secure don murphy by this friday to be our quote name producer for the film don has done all the transformer movies and several others he has discussed wanting to bring in Michael Bay to direct so we plan to explore that oh god so this none of this is true (laughs) so that wasn't just kind of untrue it was patently false anyway Joyner transfers the first installment to an escrow account to be transferred to Don Murphy meanwhile that same summer he finally closes in on his new beach house he transfers five million one hundred ninety two thousand nine hundred sixteen dollars and ninety two cents to the California investor escrow and then about five weeks later on September 12th Joyner transferred another one hundred and twenty thousand into the joint account that he shared with his wife. I assume this is to decorate and furnish the home. Probably. Right? You know, I got to get more all white furniture. So anyway, (laughs) in total, Joyner at this point has transferred $920,000 to his personal joint account as well. And he has dropped 5.3.5 on the Manhattan Beach Dream House in Mm -hmm. total. Grand total, $6.27 million. Mm. Also throw in the $1.2 million he's promised Don Murphy. So all of this in his prior transfers and all that, it leaves a tidy sum of $3.126 million for his Legends movie. Okay. Not a lot left. Not but a whole lot. guess what happens next? Enter Steven Spielberg, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, and Oscar hopeful Bradley Cooper. What? Yes. So if you're going to distract someone, Elizabeth, it helps if you have a shiny object. And it doesn't have to be literally shiny. It can be Steven Spielberg shiny, right? Uh-huh. Like, so that's what he does. He needs to catch their attention. And those names did it. See how you popped up? Oh, yeah. On October 1st, 2016, Adam Joyner sends a new update to his Asian investors. Specifically, he tells them, we agreed to terms verbally yesterday with Guillermo del Toro and his agent. This was another oh, lie. Oh, totally. It's the one he told to buy himself some time. So months pass. No new deals are announced. He's still trying to, like, get Don Murphy to make this happen. No director signs on to the project. Don Murphy's got his money, but ain't nothing happening. So his investors grow anxious. Joyner decides to up the wattage of the star power. He brings in 
Bradley Cooper and Steven Spielberg. He says he's shopping the project to Spielberg's company, Amblin. And it looks like Steven is talking about bringing Bradley aboard. And of course, you know, Bradley Cooper, not Brad Pitt. You know, want to keep your Brad separate. Sure, sure. So Joyner informs his investors what this all means. He'll need to cancel their Netflix deal so they can jump to Universal and Spielberg's company. Then he sends over a new memorandum of understanding. So that way there's paper. The truth is there's no deal with Spielberg. Not in place, not in distribution, not in the wind, not in talks, nothing. Just like in reality, there's no Netflix deal. And now there's no longer even an imaginary Netflix deal. So there's just nothing. So this is a problem for his Asian investors. Yeah. They want their money back. So that's going to be difficult unless they want a beach house in California. So what are you going to do? Joiner goes for broke. He turns around and he asks for more money. He's like, you want your money back? I want more money from you. And they're oh. like, what? He... He must be on to something. There's no way oh, anybody no. would ask us for money oh, if no. they were conning us. Who would do that? Elizabeth, that's the move, apparently, for these guys. It's like, when in doubt, ask for more money. Yeah. And it keeps them off their toes. Business people are like, what does he know? Right, <laughs> I don't right. know what's going on. Anyway, Carl Rentsch. His play works just like for this guy. Boldness strikes. And KIP transfers the second half of their $8 million investments. So now he's got all the Asian investors' money that's been contractually obligated. So this at this point, January 11th, 2017, he's got the extra $4 million. Two days later, he transfers that to his business account. He's like, whoop, mm-hmm. and that goes to me? Now, he hasn't told his business partners this, but he's starting a second project now. So he, the second project, get this, is called Stock Car Willie. And there's no way you'll guess this, but according to IMDb, the film is about, quote, an African-American driver who turns the world of NASCAR upside down. Stock car Willie. Yeah, stock car Willie. Okay. <laughs> like Steamboat Willie. Yeah. But I don't know. Shotgun there, Willie. They, now, there is a real-life black NASCAR and F1 driver whose name is Willie T. Ribs. Right, and right. I assume that's who this— That must be. Or maybe it's a fictional tale of a black NASCAR driver, like, you know, Talladega magical, Night style. A magical driver. <laughs> magical driver. Oh, man. But I find it interesting that this project is where he wants to invest his Asian investors' money without their consent. I'm like, that's not going to play. What is his endgame on this? <laughs> anyway. Like, honestly, where does he think this is all going to go? I do not know. It's it's the wildest. When I sat there in court behind him, that was the only question I was burning into the back of his head. It was like, what was your play, man? How did you think it was going to end? Yeah. You obviously didn't think it was going to end here. Right. You didn't get yourself a good lawyer, so you didn't save money for that. So yeah. what happened? Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, no news from Don Murphy. That's bad. Now, his his name producer is not bringing in any names. So the foreign investors finally lose their patience. They email Joyner, demanding proof of where their money is, and they want notarized bank statements. Joyner does as requested. He sends them a forged notarized course, monthly bank statement in his falsified dock. It shows that his business account has $11.8 million. And he's like, yeah, there it is. The true amount in the account? So on March 31st, Joyner sends his investors the bad news. We lost Bradley Cooper. Oh, no. So, yeah, he cites, quote, internal politics with Universal Amblin, you know, and says things went badly after, quote, Bradley Cooper turned down the agreement with Universal. Universal decided to refuse payments to Amblin. It's a whole thing. Man, what if Bradley Cooper finds out? I know. That's it. Tears it. His and foreign investors, they come for their money. They're like, look, man, hands out. And yeah, uh, yeah. on a, a April 26, 2017, lawyers in the United States representing the Chinese investment firm Star Century and then PGA Young Park Capital, they file a lawsuit in the L.A. Superior courthouse in Torrance. They're like, we can reach you. We can touch you, bro. Uh-huh. We got lawyers. Uh-huh. So they demand that they demand the new Manhattan Beach House because they also have forensic sure. accountants. They found out where the money and went. And all the wife's Lululemon. Exactly. <laughs> so 
Jones tries to fight the uh, lawsuit in court. Six months of infighting. Then the judge orders the sheriff to auction off the house. So oh, his Manhattan man. Beach house gets sold. The investors, meanwhile, they contact Don Murphy. They're like, we hear you got $1.2 million of our money. He's like, who are you people? Right. What are you talking about? He has no idea. He's never heard about them. He has, because he's never been pitched any of this, right? So he's, re- at this point, received two hundred grand from the promised $1.2 million. Yeah. The investors determined that Joyner had transferred four hundred grand of that back to himself. So he had also been conning Don Murphy, apparently. Enter the FBI. Yeah. July 18th. FBI surveils the Manhattan Beach dream house. They're looking for him. They're like, where is this joiner? Agents contact Don Murphy. They're like, when's the last time you talked to joiner? They contact Netflix. Have you talked to Joyner? Who's the, and they ask all the questions. They're like, we don't know this guy. We've never heard of him. Yeah. They contact Steven Spielberg's Amblin. They contact Bradley Cooper's reps. They contact everybody. Everyone's like, who? Yeah. August 27th, FBI returns to the beach house to arrest Adam Joyner. They have all their ducks in a row now. He's away on vacation with his family. Perhaps he wanted one last long look at freedom before he's going to spend the rest of his life in federal prison. Anyway, he contacts the FBI after he hears that they're looking for him via his lawyers, and he arranges his owner arrest. He promises that he'll surrender himself just as soon as he's back from vacation. (laughs) This is the only promise he keeps. He does surrender himself. Yeah. So now, did he really think he could sit in his ill-gotten beach house and be be like telling his overseas investors, "Come at me, bro"? Yeah. I mean, like that's what what I love. What did he think was going to happen? That was his approach he really was like look we're done you guys far away this is done this is over he sent them emails of like don't contact don murphy anymore i heard you contacted don't do that dude this is over i don't even want to deal with you guys he's like they're like you have our money bro he's like you know what that's not the issue so anyway oh by the way he eventually entered a guilty plea in federal courthouse when i was there Mm -hmm. and he was sentenced to uh eight years in federal prison yikes yeah so So see your girls cooking in there eight years yeah adam joiner's story proves the point if you're in the u.s if you steal $14 worth of food, the cops, they may shoot you. Don't do that, right? Yeah. But if you steal $14 million, <laughs> a U.S. attorney will contact you and they ask you to turn yourself in and then you can arrange it you whenever you want. Yeah. When you get back from vacation. That's how you do it. So remember, kids, if you're going to steal, steal big. That's right. Anyway, that's our, that's it. That's all I got for you. What's our ridiculous takeaway, Elizabeth? Hollywood's wow. <laughs> I told you, get stupid with it, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, as always, you can find us online, Ridiculous Crime, on Twitter. Uh, that your ex whatever Instagram threads your, your mama's house we have a website ridiculouscrime.com we also like your talkbacks email us if you want at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com thanks for listening catch you next time y'all Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett produced and edited by the Steven Spielberg to our Bradley Cooper Dave Kustin Research is by Marissa. Can we get a grant for our documentary? Brown and Andrea, I think my German investors will love this song sharpened here. Our theme song is by Thomas. I got a group of dentists in Toledo who want to invest. Lee and Travis, I have a bunch of podiatrists from Pasadena looking for a film project. Dutton, the host wardrobe provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben Cecil B. DeBolin and Noel Always Bet on Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.